Welcome to Link Educate, a professional development series featuring interviews with educators and students in the supply chain, where we discuss how supply chain and logistics has changed in terms of recruiting, upskilling, training, and more. So let's link into our next conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining the podcast today. I am here with Steve Varha, who is the uh, founder and COO of Instant Financial. And we are here to talk about employee compensation today. So hi, Steve. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Hi, Brielle. Thanks for having me. So I think it's in a really important topic in the industry right now because retention is such such a big deal right now. And even uh, you know onboarding people, we need to attract more people to the supply chain because it is definitely a major shortage going on here. So I'm glad to have you on. So first, so so first I want to ask you, what are some new trends when it comes to modern compensation for employees in the supply chain? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of conversation around uh, uh, how much people are paid. Uh, we've had this discussion around minimum wage and minimum wage reform. And, and that's a completely separate conversation. We really look at it from a different vector, which is what about access to earnings from a timely perspective? So irrespective of how much someone's earning, when can they actually earn those or have access to those earnings? And what does more timely liquidity actually have in terms of an impact on the financial wellness or the overall financial health of these employees uh, so that they don't have to borrow from each other between paydays, they don't have to borrow from managers, they don't have to turn to payday lending, uh, and it can, all these different ways that that working Americans have effectively used to bridge paycheck to paycheck, which, by the way, you know, uh, it used to be that it was about half the working population in 2015 when we founded Instant Financial live paycheck to paycheck. Brielle, that problem's gotten worse by the last numbers. It's 80% now of working Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So we really look at it from the perspective of let's provide earnings liquidity to employees between paychecks so that uh, that they, they don't have to uh, uh, kind of pay additional fees and interest charges. How do you think that a program like this or a platform like this can then help um, provide retention and uh, and better recruitment in the supply chain? Yeah, great question. So I'd say if we if we start with kind of recruitment, um, and, and we'll get to kind of retention in just a second. But if you can't if you can't recruit those of that that labor force, you, you can't keep them. And I think. There, there's a few things that have really happened in this kind of post-COVID world, if we can call it that, or or return to work after mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, and, and I think part of it is uh, the gig economy. There's in, in America, we have what almost 50 million people that work for or at, I guess, depending on which state and how, they, how they're regulating the gig platforms. But every major gig platform has instant pay or a service like instant coupled with dynamic scheduling. So the the gig platforms that are driven by access to labor, right? The Postmates and the, the Ubers of the world, they have to have labor for their for their uh, program to work. Uh, our traditional employers are competing for labor, not just with each other, but with the gig platforms as well. So what we do with Instant is really bring that timely access to earnings benefit 
to traditional employers so they can compete with the gig platforms and other employers that are offering service. What about employees that aren't as interested in this kind of flexible pay? Because I could see myself, you know, just doing the instant every week and then never getting on a good schedule and, you know, just constantly. I, I do that now with a financial app that it's supposed to save me money and I'm always withdrawing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a, a great question. And we have <clears throat> different cohorts of users. So we have some folks that use Instant all the time. We have some account holders that are on Instant that essentially use Instant as an insurance function, right? There's no fees, there's no interest charges. We're not reaching into the pockets of American workers to drive our revenue. So we protect the employee from that perspective. So it also works essentially as like an insurance function. So we have some people that sign up for our program that when we talk to these employees, they say, well, I don't use Instant very often, but I like to know that it's there just in case I need access to a little bit of, uh, of my earnings between a paycheck. And then we have some people that have signed up for the program, Brielle. They never use the service. They just like the notion that, hey, I'm in control of my pay. I can access my pay whenever I need it, but you know, I don't really use it ever. But I did sign up for it because it's modern, it's hip, and it kind of works. And then we do, of course, have employees within um, our almost 400 corporate employers that it's not it doesn't fit for them or they don't like the notion of having the access to that liquidity so they choose not to sign up so there really so are you, kind of different groups of users for the program you as an employee can choose not to sign up for the service despite the company um using it absolutely absolutely okay. and what's interesting bro we'll see uh, we actually manage with an expectation that half of any given employee population is going to sign up for the program. And we have some great employers where they are, they have 60, 70, 80, 99% of their employee uh, employees are using the instant pay program, or rather I should say are signed up for the instant program and kind of using it in, in, in however it fits that employee's um, lifestyle. But there's also... Uh, you know, some employees that won't sign up for the service and it's an opt in benefit that the employee has to sign up for. So we don't force employees and we don't let our employers force employees into the program. It's very much an opt in benefit uh, for those employees there. Like I was saying, we don't we don't force employees to opt in for the program. We don't let our employers uh, mandate instant pay for employees either. We stand uh, we stand true that. This is this is good for employees and it's right for employees and we're there for the employee if uh, if they want to sign up for the service. What are some other new things going on or, and and new ways to drive retention through compensation? Yes, yeah, so this this um, this world of just kind of employees coming to work and earning and um, kind of the the uh, financial wellness being something that's always been outside the walls of of work. I think that that is being challenged materially. I'd say that we were seeing employers overall take a keen interest in the overall financial wellness of their employees. So we see services like Instant that provide no fee, no access to earnings um, within the pay cycle. We're seeing uh, payroll direct or payroll deducted uh, uh, loans being introduced where uh, services are looking at, well, Steve's an employee. He's been a good employee. He's been at the employer for you know 18 months. 
So instead of having to have Steve go and, and uh, go to a bank to, to, to get a small dollar loan, um, we're going to provide uh, small dollar loans to Steve and deduct that from salary. And because we know Steve's a good employee and working, we can give him a very, very competitive rate on, on, on consumer lending. So there's these kind of salary deducted lending programs that are being introduced uh, uh, by employers now. So I'd say overall, the landscape is really changing where now employers aren't just paying employees and, and their labor, but they're taking a very keen interest in the overall financial wellness of their employees by introducing different sorts of services that are uplifting their, their, their uh, workforce. And it's also for the benefit of the employer. Happier, more engaged employees are showing up for work when they are overall more financially sound. So I think that's really kind of been the, the macro level change that's mm-hmm. driving um, the best employers uh, forward in, in terms of both acquiring and, and retaining their labor force. We're running out of time, but I just want to ask you one last quick question. Where do you think that the future lies within this area? I think um, overall, I think that the how employees earn has changed already. I think how employees access their money absolutely has also changed. But I think philosophically, we need to the the socioeconomic impact of this is actually very very dramatic. Effectively. Think of it like farming. You know, farmers don't flood the field every two weeks and expect to have a healthy, happy crop. They they have sprinklers. The sprinklers run every single day. And I think from a worker compensation perspective, that's really the macro change that's underway right now. And, and the future over the next five or 10 years, we'll continue to see this kind of dramatic change. So we have healthier crops, happier cr- crops healthier, happier employees at work. And that'll be driven by the best employers around the world. Well, I'm excited to see this new wave of, uh, you know, ways uh, employees are getting paid. I think it's super interesting and very modern and it's totally timely. It's perfect for, for, for the environment that we are working and living in now. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for the great podcast. We're, uh, we're uh, active listeners. We enjoy, enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or hit the thumbs up button and don't forget to subscribe.